Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Yes, indeed, we are going to be focusing on meeting people where they're at on the issues they care about. Hey, maybe we can use some uh, kids' books to do that and other means as well. We're going to dig into that in a second. But hey there, folks, Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host. Thank you for joining us. Yes, here from the beautiful Stratus IP Studios in lovely, lovely eastern Indiana. Don't let cyber attacks or old, outdated technology slow your company down. Learn more at stratusip.net or schedule a free consultation over at briannicholshow.com forward slash Stratus IP. All right, folks, before we go ahead and introduce today's guest, want to go ahead and give a shout out to today's sponsor, and that is Right Strategies. Now, you know, here at the Brian Nichols Show, uh, we're talking to candidates, we're talking to liberty activists, but we're also talking to a lot of small business owners. So if you're out there and you're looking for some help in terms of reaching your uh, voters, both uh, where they are spending their time, but also where your customers are spending their time, well, look no further. Right Strategies, they're specializing in the unique challenges that both running political campaigns will bring to the table as well as running a small business in the digital landscape and with an awesome, awesome record of helping clients win elections and grow their businesses using smart, strategic digital marketing. Right Strategies is going to be the perfect partner to help you hit your goals. Their team of experts is going to help you save time, money, also, while doing your uh, messaging and helping you win your elections, but also win in the marketplace. They have a great SMS texting tool that's going to be giving you a smart, efficient, and affordable way to focus your marketing budget by helping you reach thousands of voters and customers, making a powerful impact on the outcome of your elections and business growth. From social media management to expert graphic design work to marketing your campaign or product, Right Strategies can put together a plan that makes sense for your goals and do so within your budget. So if you want to learn more about how Right Strategies can help you specifically win your elections and grow your business, head to briannicholshow.com forward slash RS and you can go ahead and get your free political campaign or business marketing plan report card. But first, you got to make sure you let Morgan and her team over at Right Strategies know that I sent you. One more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash RS, amplifying your message where voters and customers spend their time. All right, folks, on to today's episode. Looking forward to this conversation. Connor Boyack from Libertas. Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Connor, thank you for joining us today. I'm looking forward to this conversation because uh, for folks who are joining us here on the Brian Nichols Show, if you're familiar with the, uh, the theme of what we do here in the program, we try to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. And we have to get outside of the idea of just telling people all the things that we care about, right? Because if we're in the liberty movement, let's be real, Connor, there's a lot of things that we care about and we want other people to care about them just as much and as passionately as we do. But sometimes we approach things in a little bit too aggressive of a way and we push people away. You've been having, though, amazing success and not only meeting those people where they're at, but doing so starting at a quite a young age uh, using children's books talk to us about Tuttle Twins but also talk to us about the amazing work you're doing over at Libertas well thank you uh, glad to be with you and I share that same sentiment we need to meet people where they're at if we want to persuade them standing on a soapbox and 
shouting what we believe uh, might rally to our side those who already agree with us, but doesn't really do much to convince other people who are fence sitters or who initially might disagree with us or misunderstand something to actually side with who we are and what we stand for. Uh, I think of Shark Tank. I, I watch Shark Tank religiously. Mm. I always have. And on there, Mark Cuban often will talk about when there's a product that uh, is for children or for pets. He'll often point out that people will indiscriminately spend on those two categories if it's for their pets or if it's for their kids more than they will for themselves. People resist self-improvement, self-education, but, you know, they, they'll be darned if they're not going to give their pet, you know, the best quality care possible or help their kids, you know, in whatever way they can. And so for us, I think about this. If I stop the average person on the street, an adult, and I say, hey, here's this economic book. Let's say it's Economics in One Lesson by Henry Hazlitt, boiled down economics about how the world works, how economics actually works, what it means for you and I in our daily lives. Here's this book. It was written decades ago. You know, will you read it? And I hand it free copy to guy on the street. What do you think the chances are that he's going to read that book? I would oh, yeah, say Connor. I, in all my free time I have, right, between going to work, picking my kids up from school, uh, trying to get right. my extra degree. Oh, by the way, I have a night job as well. Um, yeah, I have plenty of time to read this extra book you're giving me, of course. And even if they, I mean, because l- let's be honest, even people who are busy have time. We all have time. It's a question of what we prioritize. And, uh, and so I think the broader problem beyond people being busy is they're disinterested. They're disinterested in learning that for themselves. They don't see what the personal relevance is. They don't want to have to read a, you know, dense, uh, you know, hard to read book full of multi-syllable words written in the English of, you know, the 1960s or 70s, whenever it was. And, you know, versus if I hand that same person, a mom or a dad, a book and say, do you want your children to become well-rounded? Do you want them to be critical thinkers? Do you want them to be entrepreneurs? Do you want them to learn about how the world works? You know, do you want them to learn these time-tested ideas of how strong societies are built? Well, you know, tons of them are going to say yes, and uh, more so than those who would receive that education for themselves. So what we've done with the Tuttle Twins is, you know, when we started, we thought we were just doing kids' books. Hey, let's, you know, turn these classic books and essays and important works into children's versions that parents who already know about the books ours are based on, they can then now get these children's versions and they could share these ideas with their kids. And so when we started, we had this very myopic kind of focus on what we were doing. Let's do kids' books and turn these classic texts into children's versions. And uh, and so we proceeded down that path. But what we've since realized is that what we're actually creating is family resources, not children's books, because I would say over half of the parents who get our books are learning things for the first time that they never learned in school, they never took time to learn on their own self-education. And because this is in a format, an easy format where they can read alongside their child and just have you know a nightly reading experience after dinner and have a family discussion, the parents, the adults are engaging way more with the content than if I handed them that original book ours was based off of. And so it's become this, I, I won't call it a sneaky way, but it's become a much more shall we say, effective way to reach people with these ideas to simplify them and to focus it on their kids because then they buy the books because they want their kids to learn things. And meanwhile, the parents' defenses come down and they're willing to learn about these things too and have discussions. And so we've been educating entirely uh, entire families. We're meeting people where they're at in terms of their limited understanding of these ideas, but offering them not this tome of you know, an economic masterpiece, but we're starting very simple. And then at the end of our books, we say, hey, if you like this, here's the original book it's based off of, go get that. 
and you can continue learning. And then many parents will then go acquire those original books once they've dipped their toe in the water and they've seen it isn't so scary. <laughs> I, I love the fact that you really, I mean, quite literally, with the meet people where they're at. And this this is so true across so many different levels, folks. We talked about this in all of our different trainings, especially go back to our episodes in early 2021 where we really dug into those. But look at what Connor mentioned here, right, as he's going through and outlining this. When you're talking about the parent sitting down and reading a book to the kid at night, right? That is is something that a lot of parents are going to be able to empathize with, right? Sitting down and spending that time, having that time carved out to, to sit and read with your kid versus carving out the time to add time into your, your schedule to find that, you know, chance to read the big, thick book. It gives them a chance to almost get rid of the barrier to entry, right? We talk about making it so you're you're making it easier for your customer to do business with you. This is in that sense almost I don't say conditioning them because that's not the case, but you're you're giving them an avenue that previously wasn't there. It's like podcasting, right? What we're doing here in the Brian Nichols show, I'd say 90% of the audience listening here, the tens of thousands of folks out there, hey folks, who are watching us uh, or listening to us today are doing so via audio, meaning they're probably doing something else. They're driving to, to work. They're, you know, going to, to pick up the kids. They're out working out. You know, that's why I listen to a lot of my podcasts. They're out walking, you know, walking the dog. So, they're doing something else and they're able to, to, to get this information and this content in ways they wouldn't have been to otherwise. So you're seeing that this is really helping people get involved and get into content they wouldn't have had otherwise. And frankly, this is also what you're having success with the Libertas Institute. And that's partly also why you're here today is because you guys are doing phenomenal work in meeting people where they're at, specifically in their states and localities, helping them sandbox ideas, figure out liberty-based solutions, but also staying ahead of a lot of the regulators that are out there trying to stifle innovation. Talk to us about that, Connor. I know one of the things you're looking at are opportunity sandboxes. What's that? Well, so our nonprofit, Libertas Institute, for, for the cool kids, uh, if you want to be cool at a party, you can uh, impress people with this factoid. The Statue of Liberty, her name is Libertas. It's the Roman goddess of liberty. The dead language. Libertas. People Libertas. Starting it. Well, yeah. So when I went to a linguist and I said, how would this be pronounced? He's like, it's a dead language. No one knows. But there's two <laughs> schools of thought. There's like the Germanic, you know, Libertas, which most people say, because yep. well, that's kind of more how we speak. Or you could think of the Italian, the Libertas, you know, the yeah. Spanish and the Italian. And, and I was like, oh, that sounds sexier. So we're going to call it Libertas. Libertas, I like Libertas. it. So we are a nonprofit. We're what's called a think tank. We sit around all day and figure out how we can change hearts, minds, and laws. And uh, and kind of the theme of your show is of interest to me because I feel like too many people in the freedom movement lack any understanding of marketing and human psychology and communication. It's just, I am right. I am so persuaded by these ideas. Let me be so logical and, and overwhelm you with my rationality and surely you will agree. And, you know, they uh, they read Bastiat, but they don't read Cialdini. And that I think is a big problem. Everyone needs to be reading, you know, Cialdini and other uh, communication and marketing gurus who understand we need to learn how brains operate yes. if we want to then you know persuade people and these are tools that are being used for evil against us yep uh you know through propaganda and the like but they are tools for good that we can help people you know take action to the point of the Tuttle twins books we need to make it easy for people to say yes whether it's a customer doing business with us, it's a family buying our books, I need to remove, as you say, those barriers of entry so that it's easier for someone to say yes. The same thing for us applies in the political context. So our 
our nonprofit Libertas Institute, we sit around all day trying to figure out how we can get elected officials to say yes, how we can get policymakers to agree with these ideas, how we can shift what's called the Overton window, this concept of, you know, the, the, the spectrum of ideas here. And then you have this window of what is uh, politically feasible and appropriate. And so when we want to shift the Overton window, we may have this idea that's an outlier right now. For us, for example, a few years ago, it was legalizing medical cannabis in Utah. No one thought we'd be able to do this. It was a crazy idea, <laughs> right? And then we figured out how to actually shift that window so that that idea was perceived to be, you know, appropriate and beneficial and within that uh, spectrum of safe, you know, what Tom Woods calls the three by five card of allowable opinion, <laughs> yep. right? Like, finally, this is a, an idea I can feel comfortable with, and now the law passes. So we sit around thinking of whether it's, you know, repealing the death penalty or lowering regulation or legalizing, uh, you know, medical cannabis and allowing people to have an Airbnb in their home or chickens in their backyard or all these things. We try and approach each of these issues from a vantage point of saying, uh, how can we meet those elected officials where they're at? They have their own biases and experiences and pressures, political pressures from peers or leadership or their constituents. So how can we craft this idea or these talking points in a way that will land well with that person and help them understand our point of view and not immediately, you know, react or defensively fight back. For us, that became a big issue when it came to these opportunity sandboxes. Mm -hmm. And the classic example is Uber and Lyft. So when the when they came to town, all the taxis over decades had crafted all these state laws to really say that you can only do taxis. So it was illegal everywhere to do Uber and Lyft. Now Uber and Lyft or you know Elon Musk selling Teslas, it was illegal in my state as in many others to do direct car sales because the car dealers had gotten the laws changed to say you have to sell cars to car dealerships. Elon and Uber and you know uh, Lyft and all these companies, these innovative companies, had the capital to go pay for lawyers and lobbyists to steamroll their way through and get what they wanted. But what of the little guy? What of the little guy that sits at his kitchen table and he maps out this idea for a business and he goes to look into it only to find out that that's not legal, that there was this law passed 30 years ago or whatever that inhibits or prohibits the very thing he's trying to do? Well, you know, the average Joe does not have sufficient funding to fight that issue, so he pivots and you know, moves on to something else or continues working at his dead-end job. So an opportunity sandbox is a policy, it's a law that's passed that says, okay, let's say that guy, Bob, sitting at his kitchen table, rather than him being deprived of his American dream, instead now he can come in this sandbox, this legal program, he, he fills out an application, he's like, hey, I've got this business idea, that law stands in my way, I want to be shielded from that law for two years while I can go to market and demonstrate that everything's working just fine and go serve customers. And you regulators, you can watch me and I'll file reports and you'll see that everything's fine. And as long as there's no harm to public health or safety, let me go do that so that I can go experiment with this lower regulatory environment. <laughs> so our organization helped Utah become the first state in the country. This was our idea that we innovated. Uh, so we got the legislature to pass this law first one in the country, and now we go across the country helping other uh, legislatures do the same. We had, I think, like a dozen bills pass across the country. Arizona just became the second state to pass the full sandbox. And this becomes a way for legislators to be forward-looking and say, I don't know what business models and products and services are going to be thought up a decade from now or next year or 30 years from now. Let's have a system in place where when that happens and there is some conflict with a law or regulation, there's kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card mm -hmm. where that entrepreneur can still develop what they're trying to do. So it's a way, rather than being proactive, uh, excuse me, rather than being reactive with policy where 
that's illegal. Let's shut them down and then go try and fix it. You know, a couple of years later, let's be proactive, forward looking and embrace innovation through this, this policy, this sandbox where we can welcome entrepreneurs and say, we're going to shield you from these laws while you go innovate and iterate and see what things look like. Wow, that's so cool. Because because we talk about the barrier to entry, right? We, and this is something we see all the time, all the time with regards to why people don't get involved, why they, they you know, why they won't take that step and get out of the, the dead end job and go just become an entrepreneur and follow that that passion project because they don't want to deal with the nonsense. They don't want to go have to you know sign up for you know be, starting a business. They just want to start the business. They don't want to go through the, the legal loopholes and the red tape. It's, it's a hindrance. And in many cases, it stifles the opportunity for us to grow, not just both economically, but as a society. Because we've seen as you have more and more economic growth across the board, there's almost a direct correlation with more and more liberty, more and more freedom directly as it pertains to the free market. So you see it works. You see the correlation. And yet, and this is the part that like we see the, the innate problem with government is that all these laws, with very few exception are there forever, right? Once a law is there, there is no, in many cases, sunshine clause. It will be there for, for infinity and beyond in many cases. And yet the technology, the time, it changes, uh, but the laws themselves don't. So this is important, I think, to your point, is it shows not just that there are more opportunities for us to get more innovation out there, but it will also it will help cast the the sunlight and expose the the very very just gross old outdated laws for exactly what they are. Sunlight is in this case the best disinfectant, right? In the world of wine, there are so many choices, and that's why Blood of Tyrants Wine has tyrants losing their heads. Whether you're looking for a new go-to at home or want to impress your friends at a party, Blood of Tyrants Wine has you covered. And if you're trying to get rid of some pesky tyrants in your life, well, we've got that covered too. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash wine and get $5 off your order. One more time, briannicholshow.com forward slash wine. Free men don't ask permission, so take a sip. You'll be glad you did. Yeah, I think that's uh, exactly right. And the challenge is there are many people in uh, the world who do not want transparency. They do not want competition. They want to protect their turf, just like the taxis yep. did not want Uber and Lyft. And because they could not fairly compete, they turned to their friends in power and said, we want you to shut them down and use the government to uh, deprive consumers of competition. And anytime there's a monopoly, you know, the quality goes down, the prices go up. It does not help consumers. Um, but it is always a fight. It's a fight. Like we, in our Tuttle Twins books, even we have stories in some of the books where we talk about competition and we talk about protectionism and we show these kids that like, look, there's silly examples with like food trucks, you know, and the big restaurant chains in town being buddies with the mayor trying to shut down food trucks because he doesn't like the competition. But this is a serious issue outside of just these little examples. This is endemic to our political process where, People are trying to weaponize the law to benefit their business. Yep. And, you know, we have to be persuasive. I mean, those of us who are kind of ambassadors for freedom, like I, I run this think tank. We've got, I don't know, gosh, 80 plus people overall working here now. And, uh, and we, I call it myself and my team full-time freedom fighters. Like we sit around all day trying to figure out how to move the ball down the road. And that requires us to be masters of communication and human psychology and know how we can actually move the ball forward. In my early career, I felt very cathartic in writing these great Facebook posts or going up to the Capitol and condemning all the elected officials and telling them how wrong they were for passing this, you know, subsidy or writing these op-eds that just criticized my opposition. And it felt good, right? It was a good release, but it wasn't 
leading to any success. It yep. wasn't changing anyone's mind. It, I got, uh, I could pat myself on the back and I got, you know, likes and whatever from people who already agreed, but I was actually alienating the very people whose support I needed to actually change things. And so I really uh, realized that I had to learn and I had to change my approach and I had to communicate differently. And I had to understand that, you know, everyone is a hero in their own story. They're on their own journey. And my role is not to be the hero. It's to be the guide. It's to be the guide and say, I know the path towards, you know, success or freedom or whatever. Follow me. You're, a, you're on your own journey. You've got your own experiences or motivations or pressures or whatever. But, hey, let me try and guide you in the right way that's going to help you avoid the pitfalls, you know, avoid the big uh, problems and be able to realize the success that you want. So I think, uh, I mean, one of the favorite business books that I like is Building a Story Brand by Don Miller, where he mm. talks about how the hero's journey can be utilized in the business context where oftentimes as business owners, we do position ourselves as the guide. I remember at the time I read the book, our whole Tuttle Twins website was framed around us being, excuse me, I meant to say hero earlier, not guide. My, my whole website was framed around uh, me and the Tuttle Twins being the hero. Look how great we are. We have these amazing books and we're here to you know be do all these impressive things and, and you should buy our books. And what that book, what, what building a story brand really uh, showed me was that I was competing against my customers in the hero narrative. They are a hero in their own mind, in their own journey, and I was portraying myself as a hero, and that was a, a fundamental conflict with how they perceived themselves. Mm. Instead, when I cast myself as the guide, when we reframed the entire website to be more guide-oriented, hey, mom, hey, dad, we know that you've got these pitfalls ahead, and you're nervous about this, and you've got this journey to go on with your kids, and you're uncertain about the future Hey, I know the way. Hey, I have a plan. Hey, I have some thoughts that will help you. Let me guide you along the way. Instead, I'm now in a supporting capacity and everyone on that hero's journey now can benefit from the guide's help along their own path, whatever that is. And so whether I'm trying to persuade elected officials or get people to buy a book, you know, that hero's journey framework has been very effective. And it does help me think through like, again, how am I going to persuade these people? How am I going to change their mind? How can I help them? Um, and that requires me to shift a lot of my natural tendencies of how I communicate and what I'm going to say. Yep. And I, I hit the delete button more often than I hit the publish button because in the moment that tweet feels really good. And then I always pause and think like, ah, is this going to actually yep. move the needle for what I want? <laughs> All right. We'll save that in the drafts for another day. And, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, and so I was looking behind me because there's a book. It's called Sell Different. We had Lee Sales in the uh, uh, Lee Sales, uh, excuse me, on the program, and it's very much in that same ballpark of of what can you do to help differentiate yourself. But then specifically, there's another book I actually I was looking to see if I had. It. I don't have it here. It's called Elite uh, Elite uh, Sales Strategies from Anthony Inarino, and talking about being the guide, right, and, and helping show people the pitfalls, show people the path. That's more or less his approach. Is you're trying to you know more or less be the expert, be the consultant in this case. And that's what we as sales professionals have to do. And at the end of the day, we've talked about this with Victor Antonio on the show, you're, you're selling everything. You're, but at the end of the day, the main thing you're selling is change. You're not trying to sell a product or a service or a book or an idea. You're selling change. You're getting somebody to go from one position, one status quo to a new solution, a new position. And that sometimes is the part we forget. We want to be right. We want to, to you know, to your point, get the self-satisfaction, see those likes come in. You're like, ooh, dopamine rush. I love it. But we have to remember, 
that that's only for us. That's only for our hero's story. We have to help meet people where they're at on their hero's journey, help them actually succeed and, and reach that, that, uh, you know, that success that they're looking for in life. And we do that by helping play the role of sales professional consultant, whatever you want to uh, classify yourself as. But at the end of the day, we're helping people. We're helping people find change and then enact change. So uh, with that being said, final thoughts on my end for uh, for today. I'll start things off, Connor. Um, I want quickly uh, make things somber, but I want to uh, quickly, quickly remember our good friend Gary Collins, uh, dear friend of the show. Um, he recently passed away here back in September. Um, great, great guy. And, uh, you know, just want to keep him and his family in our prayers right now. Uh, I did a great episode yesterday where we went through some great memories with Gary. Uh, you know, laughs, uh, deep messages. You know, he, he has a lot of wisdom as well. So if you guys are uh, interested in hearing some of the great stories that Gary uh, was able to share and some of the, the values, please go ahead, check that episode out from yesterday's episode. Um, that's all I have for my final thoughts. Connor, what do you have for us today for final thoughts on today's episode of The Brian Nichols Show? I would say my final thoughts are that I know the power of the message that I'm sharing, and I feel like it is my moral duty to become the most effective communicator possible to help people listen to and adopt this message because I've seen what these Tuttle Twins books or what changing these laws have done for so many people's lives and the testimonials and the stories they share and everything. I, I have abundant evidence in my own limited experience of doing this for a decade of seeing the impact of these ideas and these values in people's lives. And so I feel compelled to spend like every waking moment trying to improve what I do and extend my reach and influence to reach even more households, to reach even more families, to find effective ways to lower those barriers and get people to take action and think of these things and act on these things. Because I know that when they do, the vast majority of them are going to, you know, their lives will be improved for it. And so I want that for them. I, I selfishly want that for myself because getting all the kudos and the gratitude and people sharing their stories, it feels really good. Like I'm addicted to helping people. It's really fun to receive all that praise and be able to see the impact of that work. And I want more of that. And, uh, and so for everyone out there, whether you're in a business or you're you know fighting for freedom or whatever, like I, I think it's an imperative to figure out how to be an excellent communicator, to learn how to persuade, to learn how to be able to uh, convey your message well I'm reading books all the time trying to think through how I can do this better, what we can change, because um, I think I owe it to the people we serve, and I, I think it's a skill that we could all improve upon. Oh, man, I, I can't say anything better than that. I mean, truly, folks, like that's, if not a perfect summary of what we do here in the show, frankly, is trying to help us better communicate our ideas, because at the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything for us to feel like we're right. We don't win anything by being right. We win by meeting people where they're at, on the issues that they care about, and then actually show them a real path to make the the ideas that sound so great to us become reality for them. So thank you, Connor, for everything you're doing at Libertas, yes, Institute, um, but also all the great work you're doing with the Tuttle Twins. Uh, with that being said, I, folks listening, I know they're they're you know just chomping at the bit. They want to know where can they go ahead, learn more, follow you, engage in conversation, Connor, where can they uh, go ahead and continue next steps on their end? So uh, libertas.org is where you can find out about our think tank and see all the work that we're doing there. Um, if you're curious about the Tuttle Twins books, they're all on Amazon, but the cheaper place, the better place to get it is tuttletwins.com, where we'll give you free workbooks and all kinds of fun stuff to engage with us there and buy the books directly from us. So tuttletwins.com 
We're all over social media on all the platforms, so you can search Tuttle Twins there. And if you're looking to get a hold of me, ConnorBoyak.com is where you can find me. Awesome. All right, folks. Well, how about this? We'll make it really easy for you, too. We'll include all those links in the show notes. If you're listening to us on the audio version, which I said 90 plus percent of you are. So all you got to do, click the artwork in your podcast. Catcher's going to bring you over to BrianNicholsShow.com, where you can find today's episode. Plus, you can find all, are you ready for this, 600 other episodes we have here over the, what, four, almost five years now. Wow, of the Brian Nichols Show. So, folks, head over there. And if you haven't had the chance yet, hit subscribe. Uh, What are you doing? And by the way, did you know we have a video version? of the show, head over to YouTube, to Odyssey, and yes, now to Rumble, wherever you go get your your content, just do me a favor, hit that subscribe button as well, and hit that little notification bell so you're not missing a single time a new video goes live. So, with that being said, thank you for joining us, folks, on this lovely, lovely Tuesday. With that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Connor Boyack. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation? And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to the Brian Nichols Show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network.